Welcome to episode 528 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 528 of I'm Talk with Coach John Eustace Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good and I'm in control. You're in control, wow. in control. I, 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 re, I refresh my computer. My laptop is getting a bit tired. It's having lots of problems with it, so I went right back to scratch. Yeah. And it was a genius move, but I didn't realise that GarageBand wasn't originally. You had to download GarageBand onto your computer. And that's what we used to record the show. Yeah, and uh, so there was issues. And uh, so we're starting about 40 minutes late, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so in the end, it still had... Ages to download, so we thought, well, let's get John on the case. We're on his old computer. Well, not his old computer, but his old version of GarageBand. Yes. And so, see how it goes. Yes, and we've got the other distraction of the Olympics today. So, and I'm not going to stop and insert jingles, and I really want to start doing that. I think we've been getting a bit lazy on that. So yep. it's just going to be a standard one-hour show. You reckon we're getting hour? 100% quality. Guarantee, I think we'll struggle for an hour, but that's okay, as in we'll get more than an hour. But anyway, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And let's name a few, Jumbo. Ross, give a lot little. Give a lot little. Nice, that's Vincent, a good one. Vincent, the member, Francois. Nice. Sorry if I got your surname a little bit wrong there, Vincent. Nice. Uh, Jonathan, the squeeze, Huddleston. John Mincy Munzer, who was Munzer. on, he was on our homepage last week, wearing the I Am Talk kit, oh, racing, yeah, yeah, uh, looking, looking sharp, seventy point three at Zurich, and James Dirty Dog Spencer, good old Dirty Dog Spence, sorry, Spence. Okay, well, guys, in this week's show, we've got we've got a bit happening, we've got a bit of news. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> we've got a bit of an age group of the week. We've got mm-hmm. statistic. We've got an app of the week. Yes, there's been a couple of apps come through lately, actually, yes. which is all good. I haven't done those in a while, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Also, I noticed there's a bit of a John update. There is a bit of a John update. John 2016, 17 update. Project 2016, 2017. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um. First thing we have to announce, guys, is I'm in talk, or I am talks. 20 press-ups for Bevan. Yeah, I reckon. And we're going to do that 22 press-up challenge. You know, it's going to no. on Facebook. You, you don't know about that. I've, I've seen it, but I'm not doing it. No, but what I'm going to do, John, because I don't want to go for 22 days. I can't be bothered. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do 22 press-ups every minute for 22 minutes and get it done. So you do right 22, have a rest, 22, and do that yep. for 22 minutes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it today. So there you go. But anyway, um, I am talks. Kemp Kierkaha in Rote in Germany is going, it's, it's confirmed. It's all on like Donkey Kong. It's on like Donkey Kong. So tell us about it, John. So we're going to be starting out, it's going to be in, how many days? Nine, about nine, nine nights I think it is. Um, and we're going to be starting in Hippelstein, which is a little town, the closest little town to where the, the race actually starts. We'll spend three nights there. Um, first first day of the camp, we'll basically be biking one lap of the course, around about sort of 85 k's nice. or so. And then we'll have a little swim. You can't swim at the race venue until like the day or two before the race, but we'll basically be checking out the, the area for, for another day, and then we'll be heading across to uh, Regensburg, which is a, um, a very historic, beautiful town, and they also do challenge... Regensburg over there, which is actually coming up this weekend. Oh, um, so we'll bike over there, which is about 80, 80 90 k's. Have two nights there, and we'll do a little lap of the course over there, which is about 65 k's one day, and then transfer back to uh, 
um, Nuremberg, which is the closest sort of city to Rote, and for most people that's where they need to stay because there's not that much accommodation for Rote, yep. and we'll be staying there for the five days before and during the race. Uh, so it's going to be awesome. So it's not an epic camp. You'd, we'll be doing a little bit more volume than what you'd probably do a normal taper, but mainly to, to check out the course. So if day one's 90Ks, riding the, the course, that's eight days before the race, uh, and then the other stuff. You know, kind of average-wise, how many hours a day will we be doing? Oh, not that much. No, no. So it's so. kind of a holiday slash bit of training. It's a, it's a taper camp um, with, with a bit more training than you'd normally do a taper. We have lots of activities. Bevan will be director of uh, oh, director sorry, of activities. Entertainment max. Um, but yes, we will be doing some tourist stuff as well in terms of checking out. You know, Hippelstein will be there anyway, but uh, Regensburg and Nuremberg's a beautiful city. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, so it's going to be awesome. So but what we have, guys, is that we, we managed to get 20 entries to challenge road so if you come along to the camp you actually get an entry to the race now we know that race sells out in 10 seconds max yeah so it sold out straight away uh and we have had how many people already signed up for the camp we've got 15 already and so there's five yeah, to go so you need to come but if you are already entered in the race and you want to come along then that's not a problem we can have more than 20 people on the camp it's just we've only got only going to have 20 yeah. slots available. so we've got kind of two options if you want to come along and you and you haven't got an entry to challenge road well this is definitely a good way to kind of tick that box and do the camp and then the alternate one is to, to go, well, I've already got my entry to challenge rope, but I'd love to have this experience with the crew. So you can come along and that can work for you as well. Yes. So it's going to be awesome. So, so if, if you, you want to go there, just go to www.imtalk.me. There's a page called Camp Kia Kaha Challenge Road. Uh, and it's under, under Join Us. And I've actually put a link to it in this week's show notes as well. So um, yeah, it'll be an awesome experience. A, John always puts on great camps. B, it'll be just people like you. You know, it'll be a great kind of mm. group of people. Um and then see you get to end up doing Challenge Road. It's a lot more fun when you go to an event and you, you're yeah, with a part of the people. You're with a team. You know, if, yeah. if you're just going to rock up. So one of the guys coming on the camp, um, I coach, he was going to go and do, he was thinking about doing Ironman Frankfurt. And sort of, I was saying, well, Ironman Frankfurt's a great race as well. But you kind of just turn up and you do the hotel. Maybe you're with your partner and maybe you've got a few mates you go with. But otherwise, for a lot of people, they just turn up do the race and go away. So this is really a chance to actually do it as part of a group and, and have a good time. Eh? Mm. Oh, it's all happening. Okay, so check that out. Okay, guys, we've also got Legends coming out this week. Who's on it, John? We've got Jan Wanklin. So quickly, who's she? She's won, I think she won a minimum of five Ironmans. She's podiumed all over the place, but she was in that era along with Erin Baker and Paul Newby-Fraser and so on in the early days of the sport. So... I tell you what, when I tried to do my research on her, and I mean, I know a fair bit about her, but I didn't know all her results. It's very little about Jan out there. So, oh, really? uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked that we're going to be doing that and uh, hopefully it'll be a good interview. Okay, good times, Rock and Roll. Okay, go, guys. Well, we had a couple of races happen this weekend, and the first one is. The traditional hardest race on the on the circuit, the Norseman. Yes, and we had uh, taking it out in twelve oh four on the female it's good side. Time. Kari Langstrom, twelve oh four, won it by twenty four minutes from Kristen Lee and <coughs> Viviana Hills in twelve forty five. Nice. And on the guys' side of things, we had taking it out in ten hours twenty two minutes. Lars Peter Stommel, uh, Henrik. Ottendale in second, who was 20 minutes behind, and Lars Christian Bold, another ooh, only two minutes behind him, in uh, third place. And he races for Team National Geographic Channel. I wonder Interesting. if they're doing something about, around that. Potentially. So, great race. I mean, not that we've done it, but 
just the pictures that look amazing, but they do only have, you know, and in terms of females, it looks like they had 22 finishes in terms of their black shirt. They have a black shirt and a white shirt or something like that. I think if you can't, if you don't make the cutoff to get to the top, um, you get a, a white shirt. And on the guys' side of things, I think they have about a couple, couple of hundred, so it's a pretty pretty prestigious race to, to just be able to get into. Uh, you go into a bit of a lottery. So yeah, they had 142 guys finish in the black shirt, and then uh, the rest are all white shirts. So nice work. Anybody who did Norseman, feel free to send us through an email and pop us You know how different it is to, to your standard Ironman experience. Well, they climb the mountain, don't they? That's a bit different to the most. It is. <laughs> but in terms of how hard it is, you know, we had Tim Pickett on the show last week, and I was asking him, you know, he did a hundred kilometre running race, <coughs> and how is that different to doing an Ironman? And he says, you know, it is quite different. You're sort of just cruising along at a pretty cruisy intensity. So yeah, how different is it to doing an Ironman? Other than the obvious, as Bevan has pointed out, it's really hard course. But how beat up are you afterwards? Given you, know, you go that, is, that is the thing. I think I was talking about this last week. The whole idea of chasing intensity as a goal, because one of the things is most of us who are of our level of fitness. You know, there's obviously kind of that's a broad range. But when when we think about us as a group of people, we kind of know we can keep moving. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like worst case scenario, I can keep moving. Like when I did that weekend <laughs> with you guys, like I died on that bike ride, but I knew I could at least keep moving. Hmm. And so, while something like Norseman's going to be pretty challenging, you kind of deep down know you're going to get through it. Now I know there's probably some people listening who the idea of doing an Ironman that that is kind of not so much the case. But so like it's you know it's also the attitude I take to it and how hard I'm wanting to fight. And it's a, a Norseman again, not that I've done it, and that's really hard. But you are walking up a mountain as opposed to trying to run to four-minute pace or five-minute pace or whatever what, it might be. You've got the splits. Do you know what they do the marathon I in? just deleted that page. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, other big news on the weekend is we had Ironman Boulder on Saturday. There's some pretty bad news. Yes, so there was a, a death. We heard about lots of deaths and swims through drowning, but somebody actually got uh, hit by a car uh, during the bike course. So that's not good at all. Um, one of the guys racing, uh, David Dowdy, was there, and he said, uh, if I have this right, it was on one of the downhill sections where the cones did not provide much room to pass. Um, you've got to wonder if the person potentially went some, somewhere else. Um, yeah, it just, he just basically saying on the course it wasn't wasn't road closure um so the, the roads weren't closed but that's you know there's a lot of ironmans where the roads aren't 100 percent closed um but there's also some sections where it was coned off and there was a, a it was a bike only sort of bike lane and he said it was really really tight in terms of being able to pass or anything like okay. that so um i think a lot of people are going to get on the bandwagon in terms of slamming wtc saying you know their protocols probably aren't right and how the hell does a car get on the course it's bloody hard to. Well, what about the race we saw a few weeks ago when the literally cars were side to side? What race was that? Remember? Uh, that was uh, Brazil, I think. No, it was, it was the one where they changed the course. Remember? Texas, was Texas. it? Texas. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was literally like you're riding down the bloody freeway with cars mm. beside you. Like, mm. they look pretty crazy there. Like, Mate, they've got, they have to jump, Iron Man, and whoever's organising a race have to jump through so many hoops to. I wonder in America, because America's race. such a kind of litigious. litigious Society, legally, they kind of got to get their asses covered. I wonder Mm. what happens on that front here. Don't know. So, terribly sad news about that. And um, yeah, it's. uh, Because she had a young boy. Mm. Young, she was a young, young girl studying to be a nurse. There's not much reports on actually what happened. They're still investigating. Mm. Um, You know, like horrible, horrible. But at the same time, you hope it's just a genuine mistake. You know, Mm. like 
unfortunately these things can happen um not negligence because we you know we don't want them to sport mm. and i mean let's be honest they, no. they're pretty good they go yeah they do a great job and it's just getting harder and harder you can't just go and, well you can but it seems very very difficult to go and close courses almost anywhere in the world maybe in europe they seem to be able to do it really well but it's um yeah it's not easy and, and you can't you can't block every driveway and uh yeah it's tricky but the event um apparently very well organized d squared was telling us uh, great volunteers great fan support well stocked aid stations but city of boulder is a fun place very friendly pearl street is a pedestrian walkway with lots of shops restaurants and things to do and overall great community so for tips for you guys who want to maybe go do this race next year the swims a split transition t1 is located at the reservoir roughly seven miles out of town you have to go to um, uh, Boulder High School for T2 uh, rolling start in the swim said things opened up really quickly um, and there's very little contact so this rolling swim start people seem to be pretty positive on yeah, it by, yeah, by and large yeah. uh, the course is constructed as a triangle seems roughly equal on each side altitude didn't seem to affect me too much uh, however I'm pretty slow and suspect, so suspect that is why um, bike is a fast course you PR'd by a minute 30 compared to Arizona all of the climbs are mainly 1-4% to 4% with most in the two to three percent range um, long flat sections <coughs> rollers long downhill sections pavements all pretty good uh, downside is there is a number of roads were were open and you were simply in the bike lane it made passing a bit dicey in other areas uh, they had road cones however they were so close to the side on some downhills it made it made it dicey to pass on the run um, by this time he said it really warmed up and he said the course was a like a called the flux capacitor. Mm. What you went back in time? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> back to 1985, you had three segments sort of uh, emanating from the the centre, so you kind of went out and back around oh, those okay. three different like ways. An affinity sign. Uh, he said. To, he, see, he said it seemed to me there were a lot more people walking than usual, himself included. Uh, he's on the big sexy racing team, and many of his teammates are also struggling as well. Not sure if it was the heat, altitude, or what. Um, he had GI issues, and we said he'd be really interested to see what the the DNF or you know, rate was at that course. Um, he said Mike Riley was there calling everybody in. Overall, um, really cool race. Interesting, isn't it? It is interesting to see. Um Oh well, just it's interesting. Like it, was, it sounds like it was a good race, but it was interesting to see. We didn't hear much about what it was like not to have the pros here. No, um, but they haven't had the pros. I don't think they had the pros there last year. Mm. So taking it out, uh, Clay Emge from States swam. What time do you do? Swam fifty-seven, bike four twenty-eight. Wow, that is sensational bike yeah. time. And uh, run three oh seven from eight thirty-nine fifty-nine. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's a pro. You know, like he, he is a pro level, isn't he? You he's, know, like, yeah. yeah. He was, uh, he's, he's not a pro, obviously. But. 13 minutes in front of Rudy Kasha, who swam 52, biked 435. How, many, how many have I hit? Uh, 20, uh, no, no, um, 13 minutes. Oh, I thought you said 32. No, okay. 13 minutes. So 8.52 for second place as well. Pretty impressive. And Juan Valencia was in third in 9.04. in the year we had one of those races where there was an age gripper who won it, but it was actually a pro. Remember, mm. and, and they didn't acknowledge him and stuff? Thomas Gerlach or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So I've got to say, across the board, swim times seem really slow. Um, bike times seem crazy fast. I mean, he, he rode 4.28, but there's lots of times here in the 4.30s, which is, for age groupers, that is smoking oh, fast. Yeah. Smoking fast. What, well, 8.30 something for an Ironman is a bloody... Yeah, and then, but then the run times are all very slow. So 3.07 for the 
top age group is slow, but second second through all these other places are 317, 319, oh, wow. 316, 324, 321. These are the guys that are finishing the top six of the race. So slow swims, slow runs, fast bikes. On the girls' side of things, um, <coughs> girls' side of things, we had... Uh, Lichty Altman from the States take it out 10.01 over Catherine Thridlin in 10.10 and Anna Narano from Colombia in third 10.23 so their times, uh, winning's time 53 swim, 5.13 on the bike and 3.45 run, again fast bikes, slow swim run well, good, sw- good, good swim by the girl who won 53 minutes Okay, so I'm in Boulder, well done um, guys John's wondering if there's too many races in the UK. Yeah, so I keep going on on K226.com and I, I'm often sit, sitting here going, oh, there's all these races in the UK, but it seems like a number of them uh, either aren't happening or have sort of fallen over. So I noticed the Anglian, which I announced last week, was on this weekend. Uh, didn't look like they had, uh, well, they, they didn't have a race, had to postpone through to lack of entries. And also there was another one that was listed on K226 called the Immortal, um, which doesn't didn't look like it happened in terms of the full distance race. So you pommies, is there too many races in, in the UK? And everybody's trying to come up with these fancy names and, and challenging courses over there. But um, how are they How are they all doing and how are they perceived? Because I saw there was another one up in the Lake District um, that did go on. I saw Joe Carrot did that, but it looked like they did, only had a handful of people doing the full there as well. So are they going to survive? Uh, question I have for you, John. Hmm. What kind of race do you think we could... You know, because, okay, so the problem in the UK... Maybe because we're not really sure, but what you're saying is that you know there's been oversaturation of race as, and some of these races are starting to fade away. You know, and we know triathlons are massively strong in the UK, and they do have a lot of races, so mm. you know it's probably a bit more supply than demand. But at the same time, if you were to put on a new race that would appeal to someone who likes Ironman that used the same skill set, but was different to an Ironman, what would you go for? Uh, I don't really understand the question. Okay, well, so you, they can swim, bike, run. Yeah. It's it's not shorter than a half, so it's not one of your super sprints kind mm. of stuff. You know, like it's something that would appeal to an Ironman, someone who likes that more endurance. Mm. It's it's a triathlon. It's like a triathlon, but it's not an Ironman, so it's not, you know, 3.8, 180. Mm. I think there's enough out. I mean, exterior is probably the thing I think that would appeal to a lot of people. So doing, but that's, that's what they're trying to do in the UK. There's lots of cool, like these courses are already cool and they're, they're challenging or, or beautiful, whatever it might be. They just don't have the marketing behind them to to, yeah. to, to generate the crowds. So marketing so, team, um, that marketing dollar. Yeah, I think the thing that you know, in terms of the events that are going to start taking off, are the ones that yeah, are a little bit different. So like the swim run events, I think they'll they'll probably do quite well. Uh, I think there's enough triathlon type events out there in most countries, rather than trying to recreate lots of things. There is there's a lot of Norse many type yeah, events but it's out there. How do you differentiate yourself? Because let's let's be honest, Ironman owns that that distance, mm. and you get the outlaw, you get the occasional kind of outlier that can actually make it work. But you know, most of the time, most of these races that have come along try to do Ironman. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a lost kind of cause, really. And so, if you do want to appeal to the thousands of people who do an Ironman race, and allows where they can look at it and go, well, I don't have to really develop anything else. Mm. You know, I don't know. Is it a double half Ironman? Is it a yeah, I'm not quite sure. but it's I just think there's enough out there uh, in terms of the iron distance so race. I, I think for iron distance, I think I, I think you'd everybody struggle. I still think there's capacity for festival type events where you have a half and a you know the hits type thing where you have multiple different or your uh, T or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 
Triple T, that'd be great. Oh. Poms, that, that would be, uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. There's That's the it. answer. There's the, the solution. The British Triple T. John, this isn't the show notes, but are you enjoying the Olympics? Great. Yeah. Oh, what's happening this weekend, John? Yeah, no. It's, uh, let's carry on. <laughs> the Olympics team, we have to go cook up day. It's day two. Okay, day two, we've got a medal. You watch the cycling? Yep, cycling. What do you think fantastic. of the cycling? Fantastic races. Feel, feel for those people that fell off their bikes in the end. Except maybe people that have had uh, positive drug tests don't oh, feel really? don't, don't feel quite, don't feel quite so bad for them. You're like that Australian swimmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but those uh, yeah, excellent races. I got up at four thirty on Sunday morning and watched the last two hours of the men's race. It was awesome, and then I just saw the end of the women's. So it's race. crazy as the course was because I didn't get to see the cycling races. Um, but they, you know there was a lot of controversy saying this is dangerous. They, like they had news reports saying you know you wouldn't have this in a normal cycle race. The course is stupid. Yeah. I don't know about that. The, the cobbles, the cobbles rough things up a bit. But in terms of the hill, yeah, you just—it's a hill. It's technical downhill. You got down. They all got down at three times, um, two times before, and then they crashed on the last one. Yeah. So no sympathy was, from John Yusin. Not a lot. Not it lot. would have been. It would have been horrendous if it had rained. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very tricky. What, what, so what else have you enjoyed watching so far? The cycling is is right at the top at the moment. Yep. Did, did we just watch the girls beat the Upoms in the seven yes, semi final? Finals yes. coming up, so we probably don't want to get uh, get Talk too so fired up. Yeah. No, we're playing the Australians, and Australians are the best team in the world right now. And we got I'm, our, on my background right now. I'm watching a bit of ping pong. Yeah. That's what I love about the Olympics. Who watches ping pong ever? Probably my most enjoyable part of the Olympics so far is my kids are right into it. Yeah. And they just watch as much as they can. Love it. Gymnastics, Felicity loves the gymnastics. Those girls are, man, I was watching some American girl yesterday. She had quadzilla. Mm. She was, man, the legs on this girl. Coming up, the guy who broke his leg? I didn't, I haven't seen it. Apparently they broke his leg. I saw the picture, but then they dropped him. Yes. Oh, that's sensational. <laughs> yeah. He had one job. <laughs> he had one job. Okay, coming up this weekend, guys, what have we got, John? We've got Ember Man. And this couple, something I saw posted the other day is this guy called Christoph Crows who posts uh, all these old iconic pictures on Facebook. And he said, uh, the Ember Man, the first event was held on the 19th of August, 1984. In the My birthday. <coughs> there you go. I was turning seven. In the format of 750 metre swim, 30k bike, 10k run. In 1985, the format became 500 um, swim, well, maybe 1,500 swim, 70k bike, 21k run. In 1986, the Embram Triathlon became a long-distance event, long event 4k swim, 131k bike, and a 42k run. And then in 1987, the distances were 5,000 metre swim, 180k 5, bike, 5,000 metre swim, 42k run. Uh, the format uh, Ironman is... Definitively adopted in 1989, and the race is known as one of the most difficult in the world, climbing the famous Col Desard, which we did on Epic Camp, and that is a brute. And one thing I didn't realise is that it's uh, the race date. There's a little bit of conflicting information here, but the race date is the 15th of August. is held regardless of which day it falls each year. That was off K2G6.com. So they just put it. Like, the race is going to be on the fifteenth of August. And, and still to this day. Yeah, because I remember when we were there, it was uh, it was a random day of the week. So it's just on the fifteenth of August, apparently. Oh, that's out of it, isn't it? Mm. Amazing prize money at this race. Why they do that? Oh, it's just a French thing, probably. They just so then you go every year. I'm coming back. It's on the fifteenth of August. I book it in for next year. It's a bit odd, you know. You, like you, you kind of think if you're trying to make your race. Do the best for your race. You'd kind of work on the weekends. Frenchies don't necessarily care about mm. things like that. They no, just go, we're doing it this way. And and, and in France, 
we talked about those road closures potentially not happening in Boulder. In France, they just go, we're closing the roads, screw the rest of you people, it's <laughs> tough shit, it's, it's happening. Prize money is, uh, one thing that's not great about the prize money is not equal, but regardless, the prize oh, money it, across really the board is, uh, is fantastic. 25,000 euros for the win, for the males, uh, 15,000, 11,000, 9,000, 8,000, 5,000, 2,000. And then on the girls' side, it's, uh, it only goes 18, 11, 9, 6, 3. Um, comparing that to Kona money, uh, no, to, to Ironman and Challenge, it, it really is uh, in the upper echelon of what they offer, pretty much sort of getting towards being on par with uh, with the championship races. So um, championship race at Ironman in terms of the regional championships is 30,000, 15,000, eight, six and a half, five. So it's not quite there, but it's pretty close. Um, so great, great prize money. Does kind of suck that they don't, uh, don't do equal prize money though. That is crazy. That's mm. kind of and that's another French thing as well. <laughs> really don't respect women? Uh, no, not to say they don't respect women, but they uh, they sometimes have races where there is an equal prize money. Beach volleyball's on in the background right now, John. Okay. Concentrate on the show, Bevan. Concentrate on the show. <laughs> okay. uh, guys, we've also got, uh, what do we got here? Challenge Regen Regensburg is happening. Yeah, which is um, <coughs> interesting that the top-seeded athlete here on Torsten's ratings is uh, Chris McCormick. Oh really? So his times obviously still stack up pretty well. Um, he's racing. Well, he's on the on tryrating.com, which means he's probably on the start list. He may be racing as an age group. I'm not sure, but he his predicted time is eight thirty two twenty seven. I'm willing to put money on it. He's not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put. I'm taking a risk here, John. Of the the actual race that's happening, he might still be semi competitive. No, um, he's, listen, he's probably. He, you reckon? What do you reckon? Okay, what do you think? Because based on we've talked to him a little bit over the last period. He's, he talks he's a businessman, getting exercise in is very kind of the third thing on his day. What do you reckon he could pull off? He has a good day, nine hours. I think flat. nine? Yeah. Maybe, but he's based, predicted, if, let's say, he's predicted to come in at 8.32 based off his previous performances. So I'm going to say maybe half an hour off. Um, I'm going to say more like 45, 50 minutes off. Okay. I'm going to say he's going to be like a 9.15, 9.30 guy. Okay. If if he's, if he what he says he's doing is mm. really what he's doing. Mm. Uh, so Frederick, Cro- me, I'm, I'm laying the smack down. <laughs> Frederick Cronenberg is, uh, is is going in. Chris Fisher, Jan Raphael, um, those probably be your main contenders on the girls side. I think he's got Eric Cho, Cho- Moore, <laughs> yeah. Caroline Liedredur, and Sylvia Felt. So we've got about twenty odd guys racing and uh, about ten girls racing in Challenge Regensburg, which looks like a fantastic course. And we're going to be there for our camp later in the year, or well, next year, I mean. Okay, but uh, other races, Jumbo. Other races coming up this weekend, we've got uh, the Midnight Man. It's the one where you go through, you start, oh, I've always start this at idea. 6 o'clock, or, uh, yeah, start at 6 o'clock in the evening and uh, you finish whenever you do. I, I, I love this idea, I think it's such a cool idea for a race. There's your differentiating point for, yeah, for races yeah, totally. in the UK. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many people actually do the race, but it is... Well, they have, a, they have an Olympic, a half, and an Ironman, but they all start at the same time, which must cause carnage in the swim. You're just wondering... Well, uh, how wondering. Many doing it? They don't get a lot doing yeah. the full. Um, they, I think they get quite a few doing the half, so you start at six, and you'd be finishing, what, you know, I like 10, the idea 11, of finishing in, at sunrise. Mm. You know, like, so if you're starting at six at night, and you're kind of like a 12-hour guy, depending on where you are in the world and what's happening for the sun... The idea of kind of finishing your marathon as the sun's coming up mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just running under the stars and it's a it's a multi lap bike course. I think it's laps of 
Winnie K also on a dual carriageway with a bunch of U-turns and stuff so it is a lot of repeating but um, yeah we've got that we've got the Fjord Extreme in Norway uh, Challenge Regensburg which we mentioned the Ironman 226 in in um, Ireland and Ember Man which is on Monday Okay, we also have uh, a link from Paul Silky Silky Smooth Williams saying that oh, there's a reason Andreas hasn't qualified yet for Kona, but he is looking to in Copenhagen. Yeah, so he's just going to be getting in a sneaky one at Copenhagen. He he's got loads of points, so he really does just need to just almost finish. validate. Yeah. So he's just got to. But finish. he's had a really injury filled year, hasn't he? Yes. So he's had a stress fracture. Um, so we'll just kind of see. I mean. It, it could be a positive thing for Kona, you know, going there fresh, you're not overtrained, um, maybe maybe in fantastic swim shape, because um, that's been a bit of an Achilles heel for him in Kona. And he's Kona. not a bad swimmer, is he? Oh, he's great, so he used to be an ITU guy, so you've got to yeah. be good at, uh, if you're ITU, so um, yeah, his, his goal was to be at the start line in Kailua Kona in race shape, and yeah, it could be a positive thing. It's, it blows my mind with him, because you kind of think... Yes, yeah. Andreas is my was is definitely my best athlete to never win Kona. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think he has to go down. I know there's some other good ones yep. like Jürgen Zach and yeah. You know, there's you know a few of those German guys. Who in the, who in the two thousands would you say would be the best to not win Kona? Let's, let's look at decades. So in the eighties. Give me a second here, Bevan. Okay, here we go, because this is a great question. Okay. We're going to pump the show out there, you remember? We've, yeah, we are. We've got to be on time. schedule. Yeah, we've got, we've got an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. So let's say in the, in the, in two, the 80s. In the 2000s, we've got Andreas Raylet, who is probably... Well, he uh, probably almost go this decade. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, in the 80s and into probably more in the 90s would be um, Pauli Kuru. <clears throat> oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Was, he, was he that great, was he? Yeah, well, he, he had a great lead one year, and he was... And, and, out of all those guys, he was probably the most consistent performer to miss out. So Jurgen yeah. Zach, realistically, probably never put himself into a position where he's going to win it. Win it. Okay. Um, just because he he didn't wasn't outside of the outside of Kona wrote and stuff. Yeah, but over there he probably never really came crazy crazy close. Um, really, and so I thought he was a mean biker. He was. But always you kind of, you're always kind of going, you're not going to win it there. Okay. Mark Allen, somebody's going to run okay. you down. So let's have a look through here. So That's a great question. Are we go, we're going 80s here? Can we go 80s? Because you've got the big four, <clears throat> and Molina luckily got there because he always struggled in the heat and Kona, but he got the mm-hmm. win. So he got, and I remember talking to him, and he said, I just, I was like, how did you feel when he went? He was just relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, so Molina, but you know. No, I, th- I think through that era, you know, you had, you had the big four and they all won it. So yeah. I'd say outside of that, there'd be some really good athletes, but. Um, no, none of those. The four got there. Yes. Yeah. So if one of those didn't get a win, that would have been yeah. a different story. If we go into the what 90s. About girls in the 80s? Oh, Bevan, just. Sorry. You know, Sorry. But, uh, I'm saving this topic for another day. No, no, come on. Because I'm, I'm girls another day. I'm not going to do it justice. Doesn't matter. Go. Um, 90s. Well, she would have been it, but then he managed to pull it off. Yeah, like if we look at 92, Zach was only in fifth place, still around 259. So um, Wolfgang Dietrich was often your, your leader out of the swim, but realistically, you always kind of knew he was going to fade a little bit. He got a third place there. <clears throat> Pauli Kuru finished. <coughs> Second in 1993, um, Jeff Devlin, but you probably never thought he was going to take it out. Thomas Harrell Regal, you know, that was the one time when he uh, got Mark Allen ran 240.42 in 1995 to run him down. He only lost that by two minutes, but, but, really? but Harrell Regal did come back to win it. Then Greg, Greg Welsh was right up there regularly, but he only won it once. Lothar Leader, 
He was uh, there. there we had the German trifecta in 1997 with Hellregel, Zach, and Leader. So that was probably one year, but but Zach was still six minutes behind Hellregel that year. Um, yeah, Lothar Leader had another third in '98. So you'd say, you know, he was he was probably right up there. And then you kind of came into the the Tim De Boom and Peter Reid so like, era. Was it, wasn't it in the '90s? Because the thing about Raylut, why Raylut's such a great example is there was a few years where you're like, he's going to win it. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, he's the guy to beat. And it just it, something go wrong, he had a bad swim, you know, just it never seemed to happen. Even like look at last year's race, he had a phenomenal race last year. And uh, you know, so you kind of he was you know, he was kind of almost a favourite and he never got there. So in mm. in the nineties, who was that guy? would you say it was Paulie? Yeah, I'd say so. Yep. yep. Um closely followed by, by Jurgen Zach. And when I sc- I'm scanning through all the results here. <clears throat> the rest of the time you go through, and the the people who have been on the podium have generally won a race, you know. Except, um, you know, not Norman Stadler had a few podiums, but yep. he, he managed to have a win. Farrell Sal Sultan had a few podiums, managed to win. Uh, Craig Alexander, Chris McCormick then sort of came in in that sort of uh, in the mid two thousands. Jorben Sinbali had a had a third place there. I know. He'd ever won in the two thousands. Yeah, which is a bit of a stretch, but listen. Yes. You know, yeah. in the early 2000s, because Lesson came over and he was going to dominate everyone. Mm. You know, well, this is just pointless. And especially after his first and his first Man. race, he was, he was doing backstroke in the swim. Mm. Just kind of, just to rub it in. And Nico Lanos is probably another one sort of through the 2000s. So he got very close that year against Craig Alexander. Yep. And then you sort of, yeah, that'll do it for today. Marino van Holnacker. Yeah, he'd be, he'd, he'd be the... the, the Two tens. Yeah, he got third in, in 2010, but we know he had a few big explosions. Oh, we saw one of them. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Went into the energy <laughs> lab. We, we heard that one. Came, came, we just heard this explosion. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you there go. go. Next week we'll do the gills. This the young work. Okay, um, Lucy Gossage, apparently um, she put a tweet up the other day just saying, life throws lemons sometimes. I need to turn a broken clavicle into lemonade. It might be tricky. Down, but not out. So I'm not quite sure exactly what happened there, but not good news for Lucy. No, not good at all. timing too. Mm. But but the guy who crashed, and a lot of people may not know this, Nibali who crashed in the men's road race and would have most likely gone on to win the gold medal, uh, broke both collarbones. Imagine that. Yeah, Yeah, he wouldn't be able to do much. Oh, man. I went to school with this guy, and he was into his quad biking, and he came off his quad bike and broke both his arms and both his legs at the same time. (laughs) And this is like when you go through puberty. You don't want people wiping your bum when you go through no, puberty. No, And his mum had to wipe his bum and everything. Oh, and it was no. like six weeks. Yuck. Poor bugger. Or Mark. He always suffered that one. Okay, guys. Do you, John, do you remember the Triple Crown? Well, I do. And, and I was, funny, funny I asked that. I just thought, what's going on with the Triple Crown? And, it's, and I've, I've brought this up once before, and it does look like it's still active this year, and I just can't fathom. And the reason I thought about this is because the 70.3 World Champs are, are coming up in September. And I thought, oh. One who's still in the running there. Um, and so it does look like the Triple Crown is still happening. Um, so they had 70.3 in Dubai, which Reef and Fredino took out. Yep. You've got 70.3 Worlds in Australia coming up. And then the third round is going to be 70.3 in Bahrain in 10th of December. You know what? This, we forget all about this, don't we? I mean, that's why I bring it up. I mean, at least someone give it a bit of love. I mean, the guy's putting up a million bucks and... So Daniela Reef's the only one really in the running because it looked to me when I went to the 70.3 start or the 70.3 qualifiers, um, it didn't look like Fredino. He didn't have a little cue next to his name in terms of uh, he had enough points, but whether or not he's done a 70.3 this year to, to validate, I'm not quite sure. So he had the points, but 
don't know if he's racing. Daniela Reef did have the cue next to her name, which means she is planning on going and doing the race. So if Fredino doesn't do it, then he's out of the running, and then it just leaves Daniela Reef to basically try to win another two races and take home another million. This really hasn't lived up to what we hoped it could be, did we? Well, last year it obviously got really messy when you had Challenge and Ironman, and one race was a Challenge race, one yeah. race was Ironman, etc. But been. this year, it's three WTC 70.3 races. I, I just can't fathom why you wouldn't promote this. Well, luckily John Newsom's on the job. That's what yes. I'm saying, because... Bloody the king of wherever he is, mm. you know, you need to give John Newsom half a mil. Yeah. To say, and you like this idea, don't you? It's great. Uh, half a mil, I'll get 100k. Yeah. Because I'm part of this. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll flick you 150. You're yeah. so generous, John. Yeah. That's what I love about you. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll look, look at the promo. Thousands of people around the world right now. Just um. I better, I better just check this garage man's still recording. You know, yeah, we're, we're okay. Well, we're okay. Because <laughs> yeah. then we would have ran out of time. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's really interesting because a couple of years ago, when this million dollar prize purse came out, we thought, shit, this could be really good for our sport. Mm. Um, this could help us get better exposure. Now, we know a million dollars isn't a huge amount of money in today's terms when we think of athletic kind of payouts, but still, for our sport, it was a big thing. Reef managed to take it out last year, but it was almost. You know, got a you know days with a PR, mm. and this year it really like I until you mentioned it there, mm. I forgot all about it. Mm. So it, it's not capturing the imagination, is it? No, no. And also, I also think that the way it's done, it doesn't really work either. No, because you know after the first race, only two people can get it, mm -hmm. and so it kind of eliminates. There needs to be a better way of keeping people in. That anyone, um, no, I don't know the answer, mm. but I do think you know there may be a different approach that can help us get to a place where it's more appealing to keep people in the game for longer. Exactly. Okay, I'm um, super proud of Challenge Wanaka team because at this week's New Zealand's Events Fest Awards, uh, they made the top five of New Zealand's best major event and the People's Choice Award for the favourite event. But best of all, Victoria Murray Orr took out top honours for New Zealand's best events professional. Great stuff. And she's actually, I think she's stepped away from running it now. So She is. She's still involved with, with Challenge Road, but she's got a, um, a regular job up here in Christchurch now. And that event directing takes it takes a lot out of you, and it's it's very full on, and she's moved up to Christchurch anyway. So she, uh, she's, 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 she's I always see her walking around. Yeah. So yeah. I saw her at the supermarket on uh, on Sunday. She's lovely too, eh? Hey? Yeah. Like, she's so. a lovely woman and does great work. Like, you know, Challenge Wanaka is an amazing race, isn't it? And I'm going to be lining up this year. You're going to do Wanaka? Challenge the half. Yeah. I'm doing the voice work. There you go. Oh, man. Call me in. Call oh, me it's in. on like Donkey Kong. It's so, the week after my wedding. Yeah. Well, well done, Victoria Mario, for taking out that. Nice yeah, work. That's a pretty awesome achievement. Good, mm. Looks good on the CV. It does. It's great. Yes. Well done. Okay, John's sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Started hitting the uh, the immune boost this morning, Bevan. Got that just... Getting a yeah, way, so yeah. tickle, tickle in the throat. Yeah, I'm start slamming it. As soon as I ever get anything um, coming on, especially when I start to ramp up the training, straight on the immune boost always helps me out. So guys, especially you Kiwis, mate, it is bloody arctic over here. And I know our winters are nothing no, compared, it is, it is compared to you guys in the northern hemisphere. But for, for little old New Zealand with our crappily insulated houses, uh, it's been absolutely freezing so kiwis if you're struggling with that health kiwis and aussies and southern hemisphere athletes check it out xendurance.com all you guys that have got races coming up uh honestly it only if you go for the standard extreme endurance people can see really good benefits within sort of 72 hours or so so if you've got that one race coming up and you need that little extra 
percent of um, performance. Check it out, xendurance.com, and remember to use the promo code IMTALK10. Yeah, it was a really good time of year. It's, it's been freezing, isn't it? Whew, it's cold. Those, it's just we're even. It just it goes through you at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Poor Jeepers, crank up that heat pump. I'm, fr- I'm, I'm getting yeah, a little chilly in here. Then, didn't it? It's coming yeah. on. That's the main thing. Okay, guys. Uh, this week's discussion. So this week's discussion, we've got to do. Yes, we forgot to do it last week. So we've got a new discussion for next week coming up. And one thing that I will mention, though, you you were asking about, and this was a post to our Facebook page. You were saying, I wonder what it's like at these races with. Um, Without the pros. The pros. Yep. And Rob Moore posted a picture of Rob, give me more, more. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Who actually featured in the New York Times uh, today. There's a little video clip of him. What do you mean? Fa- famous now. Is it on, New York Times? Yeah, and on their website, they did a little clip of him. Uh, Doing what? Just preparing for Iron Man. Hey, the guy's a legend. He is. Rob, give it a little more, more. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot from the New York he Times. He gave a little more to the old New York Times. Uh, and he had a, a picture there of one of his mates. He's in that... Um, not Hungry Jacks, um, uh, Tri Man, uh, what is it? Tri Man Jack or whatever his team was. Sorry, oh, Rob. Um, yep, yep. Uh, he's part of that team, and one and they're all studly athletes. Yep. And he had a picture of his, one of his mates who was finishing, I think it was third at Ironman Lake Placid, running down the finishing chute, and they had the the bleachers all on the sides, and there was literally nobody there. Oh really? Yeah. So you kind of go. That's probably the one of the key differences is maybe people, spectators, maybe not quite getting into it as much when there's not the you know the the which pros is there. really fascinating because I would have thought most spectators in Ironman race are there just to support their people. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when you think about it, when you go to an Ironman, when I go to Taupo, I took maybe ten people with me. You know, mm-hmm. some friends and family, and so they loved the fact that Cameron Brown and Joe Lawn were racing. But they were there to kind of support me. So you kind mm-hmm. of think that those races would have still had the same amount of support. So it's fascinating. It's really interesting. Seems not. Yeah. This week. This week, John. Tell me about it. Well, there's a little article on this website called triathlons.net, and I just saw this pop up on Facebook. Ten things not to say to a triathlete. So I thought, let's, let's expand on that and see if we can get a little bit more than ten. So what are some of those things that people say to you that maybe not in the triathlon world that really piss you off? Oh, here we go. Okay, 10 things that people say to you that would really not say, you don't say to triathletes. Things not to say to a, to a triathlete. Can we give an example? Give, you give an example. Okay, okay, I'll pull up the page. Sorry, I was just, Garage Ben's asking me a million questions at once. Okay, number one. That's, do a, I that's his code for I'm watching the Olympics. No, I'm, I'm not, not actually, I'm not, concentrating I'm not the watching show. the Olympics. I'm, I'm looking at this. Do you have life outside of working out? It's a question you don't want to be asked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, want to get real under the triathlete's skin? If so, say this. Remember, triathletes are unique in their sport. As with many athletes, training is amongst the most important aspects of their life. Of course, triathletes have a life outside of working out. However, for millions of triathletes, working out is a part of their life. So what riles you that people ask you about triathlon? Back in the day? Do you know what? It wasn't, it's, you know what? I, it's, it was never that anyone really riled me. It's just that you that becomes the standard question people always ask you about mm. is house training, <clears throat> you know what I mean? And, and it's a bit it's a bit of a reflection of, of how you they see you in your life, and, you know, and, or how is the race or how's training going? You know, like it's like I am defined by training, um, and you know, for a person who was training up to thirty or forty hours a week, that kind of makes sense. But at the same time, I kind of always thought, oh, there's more to me than just. <laughs> we we uh, one question we get asked a lot around here. This doesn't annoy me, but it's a question we get asked a lot. So, so did you do the coast to coast? Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, so things like that. Okay. So the questions that ten questions that you should not ask a triathlete. That's what we're asking. 
Okay, Jumbo. Uh, next up, we're going to do Age, Age group of the week. week. <laughs> oh, John Duda. He's the guy who did. Did he do Camp? No. Okay, no, I think no. it's John Duda. I watched John Duda. Who's You're thinking John Drury. Very close. There's only one letter out, so you're close. Yeah, who, who's John? Who sent this through? Uh, Laurie Sherlock. Okay, Laurie Sherlock. She sent this through. John Duda. I watched John Duda bury himself at last Saturday, Sunday's Ironman Lake Placid to not only get a PR and place second in his age group division, but also earn a qualifying spot for the Ironman World Championships. It has been a dream that many iron distance triathletes dare to dream, but Duda worked for over 10 years to reach his goal. He has been challenged by injury and many other obstacles in that life has put in his path, but it never stopped him from persevering. Duda's consistency with training, his focus on his goals, and his unrelenting need to for cracking the Ironman code led him to his success. Not only is Duda an amazing athlete, he is a wonderful husband, father, doctor and friend. He is a person that people are thankful to have in their lives and a man that you can always count on no matter what. Pretty impressive. It was a very impressive race. So I know John and uh, he's been cracking away and he's had all these hurdles. You know, so many athletes follow a similar path to John and he's just... A, an example of perseverance, keep going. Like, used to have cramps a little bit on the run, had to sort of get through that, and then you maybe have some stomach issues, had to figure out a nutrition strategy, and each year you'd sort of keep going back to Placid and uh, finally managed to crack it with, you know, and really had to bury himself. So Laurie was on the, the sidelines there, and yep. John was... Oh, back it up, John. You go to his website, it's a picture from where my I'm Talk jersey. Exactly. So, hey, it's a win-win. <laughs> and he was in the 55 to 59 age group, and I think he was in fourth place coming off the bike, and he managed to run himself up to, towards, I think he maybe got up to third, and it's like in that age group, is it going to be one slot, two slots, three yeah. slots? It's really hard. There was only 30 or 40 slots, so it's a bit of a bit of a lottery if you're not winning, and the guy that was winning was miles off in front, and he was getting a little bit tired on it towards the end, and Laurie dropped a few F-bombs, F-bombs really? on really? him and told Just him, hey, to, you're doing fabulous? To get on with not, it. Not quite that. And that lifted him up the game and finished second place. So it was very, very well received. And uh, just a perfect example of someone who's pretty much been on a 10-year plan to get to Kona and just eked out a little bit of some improvements, had lots of little humps and bumps. And then finally, maybe it was either one or two years ago, finally cracked it and had a good, so strong what, race. what do you feel was the key for him cracking it a couple of years ago? Um, we kind of had to, have to keep dialing it back a little bit. You know, it's one of those things, if you keep, having issues out there you kind of just got to keep dialing it back a little bit maybe bike a little bit easier to give yourself a little bit more juice for the run and then you maybe two years ago finally cracked it and had a good good strong all-round race good swim good bike pretty good run and then this year was the year we had to go there and actually race it yep. and so it's like throw caution into the wind a bit on the bike don't go stupid but you got to go a little bit harder on the bike Take a bit of risk and then on the run you've, you don't have a choice you have to run at this pace because to qualify, you're going to have to do, probably going to have to do this time. And so you kind of just got to throw caution into the wind and hope like hell that you don't explode. And if you do, you go, well, I know I can do a steady eye, man. I've got to take a risk. So a few risks and it all came off. Well, what's really cool about that is, um, A, perseverance, 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, that that is, you have earned that kind of slot, man. That is, mm -hmm. that is impressive. But B, you know, as John said, he's kind of tweaked his game and learned how to race well. So, you know, eight years of doing the sport and got to that point where he understood the race. But then to go in and try, you know, if you want to qualify and you're of that, you know, there is the old person who just comes into sports and naturally talented. Absolutely. You know, they can kind of pull it off. But then, you know, for someone like John, who's just kind of worked away and kind of mm. just, you know, trusted the process, um, 
it's another kind of race, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's a completely different race, and it, there's so much more of a risk factor, and and to be able to actually pull that off, mm. you know, to go in and get, you know, as John was saying, to say, okay, here's what you need to do, here's the challenge, and here's what you need to do. Well, it's easy to say that, but to do it's another thing. Mm. So what an amazing achievement. I think you did a PR on the run by 12 minutes, I think. Oh, wow. It was a hot day. Um, and you've got to remember, he's 10 years older. Yeah. You know? And went straight to the medical tent after the race. <laughs> <laughs> Deserved. Yeah. So Just awesome. And he gets to go to Kona and go over there and really look forward to the race. But it is, for him, it'll be the, experience. the, the ice, icing on the cake. Go, train hard, go as well, but, but, but enjoy it. Um, so that's, it's but a really nice a, no, I know that was my experience for Kona, is that it was, my goal was to get there, and I spent a couple of years getting there. And uh, like, the race was just the race, you know. Mm. And for a lot of people in Kona, that is the day, isn't it? Like I know for you, you were trying to be competitive. Yeah. But for a lot of people, the Kona is the icing on the cake. I've done mm. the hard yards. It's my chance to enjoy. So, well done, John. Duda, you are our age group of, of the week. week. We'll, f- we'll skip scat- statistics okay. straight into app of, of the week. week. Okay, John. But so app of the week is a really interesting one. Actually, good old uh, Peter Thor. Thor Thias, mm-hmm. uh sent through. Come into road. Coming to Rote? Coming to Rote. Oh, he's coming to Rote? Yeah. Oh, he's a wise man. Yeah. Genius, genius. Okay, so what's happening here is WADA, if you are thinking about using drugs, guys, this is a good ad to stop you from using the wrong drugs. And the reason he sent this through is because we were discussing it a few weeks ago and mm. you were going, I wouldn't have a clue what, yeah. to, what, what substances I well, can Well, back in the day, in that one time I did race as a pro in Rote, um, and I had no idea where to go. Mm. You know, it was, it was impossible. But now you do know. Yeah, so the Wada have brought out an app. So basically, you can go to um, the app store. I've actually put a link to it in me for this week's show notes. But it's just an app that really lets you know. So you can basically put in this medication and is it on the banned substance list. Because we've had lots of instances in New Zealand and probably around the world as well, like rugby league players who have been um, banned for taking cold medication. Mm. Just think, just thinking it was cold medication and it's actually on the banned list. So if you're in that... Boat. It's, I don't think you can pump foods and things like that in there, but if you've got some medication you want to take and you are concerned, put it in there and, and hopefully by the sound of uh, old Pete's advice, it should be um, should help you out and tell you if it's on the band list or not. So it's the, the WADA um, iPhone app. And good on WADA for doing this because the thing is, it's, is it, to help athletes be successful with this, we need to make it as easy as possible for them to not make mistakes. Mm. Now, we all have heard the story of the athlete who claims to make a mistake and it's pretty debatable. Mm. But there is, I'm sure, through time, there have been athletes who genuinely... Um, what's her name? Rebecca Keat. You know, she managed to um, get her case overturned when it was proven that her the sports supplement she was taking um, was tainted. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. That would suck, eh? I don't believe the cyclists, but I believe some of the triathletes. It's kind of like the, the person who gets accused of like like rape and who didn't do it. Mm. And in some people's mind, they'll always see mm. you with that, even even Absolutely. if the evidence, you know, like there's been some great cases in New Zealand where DNA evidence. Mm. It was really interesting, actually. There's a guy, the Mary guy, who years ago got done for rape, right. and then DNA proved he it wasn't him. And mm. and I heard someone go, oh, "I still have my suspicions." Mm. <laughs> you know, it wasn't him yeah. and you know and unfortunately for an athlete if you've had that accusation it would suck now again there's a lot of cheating athletes out there and mm. you know they're the scum of the earth but at the same time scum of the earth <laughs> like that. I thought you'd be really happy with me saying that um, but you know they've made choices that are not good for our sport but um, but you know if you are that guy who gets done and, or girl who gets done and it wasn't you that would be mm. you know oh so there you go. 
John. My, my first try. try. Good old Mark Fitch. Didn't throw his one. Um, I persuaded my wife, who had been a good swimmer unlike me, to do this with me. Neither of us had road bikes. I used my barely used mountain bike, and she borrowed one from a friend. I was doing some running already. She was not. We started out. What race was this? It was the Heaver Castle Sprint Triathlon, September 2010. Oh, six years ago. Ah, oh, romantic. He thought, I've got an idea, a romantic idea. Yeah. Let's do a triathlon together. We started out in the freezing cold lake with a, its 100 yards of duck and poo. 100 years of duck, of duck poo at the bottom. Although, at least we kept our feet, your feet warm at the start. Well, it's always looking on the bright side. Uh, after much thrashing about, I finally clambered out of the swim 400 metres in a mere 16 minutes to find my wife standing at T1 waiting to see if I was okay. <laughs> That's very nice, Murray. Oh, I better check out if he's okay. Sweet. We got on our bikes just before me uh, her just before me and a couple hundred metres into the course I find her standing on the side of the road as her friend's bike had pretty much fallen to pieces she uh, said it was okay and I thought brilliant I'm going to win <laughs> off hard. Oh, maybe not so much of a romantic weekend uh, it was only halfway into the 20k bike course I realised that as her husband I was going to win but I was always going, also going to lose big time afterwards mm. eventually I finished in 92 minutes she crossed the line about an hour later having pushed her bike around Ooh. the bike course for the entire bike course fending off the official in the sweeper van who was trying to get her to quit well Mark your wife's the impressive one in this story <laughs> so I only won uh so I only won the one and only triathlon I did with my wife, who has refused to do another another one, but is now uh, quite into her park runs. So also, yes, it was also a lost big time. That is a shocking effort, Mark. Yeah. That's a shocking effort. Yeah. The fact that she walked around the whole course, mm. she's a legend. Well, you didn't even put a name in here. You can't <laughs> even give her some love, Mark. Mark, now normally, normally when people hear themselves on the show, they want to show their world. They go to work, oh, listen to this. And you go home and show your partner, Mark, do not let your wife listen to this. Yes. It's not a good idea. No. Put a name in here. Bloody hell. My lovely wife. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find a name on Facebook. Okay. Okay, John. John. John's Project 2017. I know, I put 2016 there, yeah, but it is going yeah. to be a 2016, uh, 2017 project. So people, a few people have asked me um, about Rote and whether I'm doing it and, and what I'm going to be doing. And I am going to be doing Challenge Rote next year and I am going to be targeting sub-nine hour performance. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, someone asked me yesterday if Mark, I'm going wait, to be... I've got to interrupt. Mark, Mark Thatcher, I think his wife just listened to the show. Look at his Facebook oh, profile. He's, he's got a Facebook smashed. profile. Must have been a bike crash saying he's got blood all over his face. It's a great shot. Or it's just a standard day at the office. <laughs> yeah, no, his wife listened to the show. She's not happy. No. Here we go. So anyway, um, Rote next year is, uh, I'm going to go not as hardcore as I did in Kona, but still need to be, to go sub nine. Can't be in uh, crappy, crappy fitness. So I'm kind of fortunate that I'm in a position where we've just come off Epic Camps so and my biking's actually going pretty reasonably. Uh, so it's 48 weeks till Rote Bevan. 48. 48 weeks till I've, Rote. I've been counting down the minutes, John. That's how mm. excited I am. Uh, so I, what I'm planning on doing is putting updates on my coaching website. Um, I don't know if I, I won't be doing daily blogs like I was for, for Kona, but I'll so put all daily my... daily blogs for Kona? Yeah, yeah. For, that's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, but that was part of the part of the course, yeah, yeah, sharing sure. love. But I will basically be posting. I'm, I'm thinking I might do a weekly post, and I will put links to all my workouts up there. If you want to follow my biking and stuff, you can do that on Strava anyway. Um, but for you guys who want to sort of see the, see the journey, you know, see what sort of workouts I'm doing. Probably the, the way that I'm going to structure this 48 weeks is I'm going to do 18 weeks of bike focused training, um, which is going to 
culminate in doing a one hour FTP effort because ultimately the difference between me doing a, uh, an average race and a really good race in rote is all going to be about the bike because my swim's always there or thereabouts um, and my run I'm pretty confident I can run pretty close to three hours but I'll need to ru- you know, ride well under well under five to, to, to do a sub, sub nine so it's always been my Achilles heel as a bike so I'm going to have to be in great shape so I'm going to really do a good good focused bike block and it's also fairly time efficient doing it inside and especially nice. at the moment you know, Phil and I were on there for an hour last night watching the, the Kiwi highlights of the day so it's uh, good times and then I'm going to do after the 18 weeks I'm going to do a 10 week build up to the challenge one a half go down there and uh, be on fire because Bevan will be talking me up all the way through the Mate, through the race. You're going to get sick of and, hearing. Uh, that. And you maybe I'm maybe I'm sitting in third or fourth place, and you'll go, "Are you guys first, second, third? You got another lap to go." Another, <laughs> no, another lap to go this the is run. strategy. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. Oh, did you not realise there's a third lap? I've changed it this year. It's three laps, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so we'll see how we go with that. But hopefully, put what it in a be nice the goal? strong top three. Oh, no, I won't do a place in gold, just be to have a strong day at the office. Oh, yeah. Talking it down nice. And know, then, he told me before the show he wants to win it. <laughs> and then it's then it's gonna be twenty weeks leading into Rote and we over doing the, uh, the, the 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 Kona camp. So I've still got spaces on the Epic Camp Light and Kona with the seventy point three. And it just so happens that falls perfectly sort of six weeks before before oh, Rote. Oh, nice. So it's perfect. Except for I was looking at it, I was going I said to Belinda on the weekend, I said do you want to maybe book a little holiday for yourself somewhere because I'm going over to, to the Kona to do the camp and the race yep. and then I come back and it's only going to be three weeks and then going away to, to Germany for you know for, for two weeks. So mm. so uh, we'll see about that. But you're working, John. So you feed your family. Exactly. You know, those kids don't get fed without you going overseas and being travelling and yeah. riding your bike and, you know. So the Kona camp's going to be great next year, guys, if you want to get on it. So do you actually awesome. want to increase the size of the camp now? As in, as, in, as in Kona camp, as in do you want to make it harder? Uh, I'll, I'll be out there doing all the training. Last year I was doing mainly support. Okay. So this year I'll be I'll be doing all the training uh, as well. So I'll be out there on the road with you guys. So it's an awesome race. Um, so check it out. So that's sort of, a, in a nutshell, my 48-week build-up and need to be in top shape to do sub nine. Hopefully we get slightly better conditions than we did last time. What did you do? You did 840? Eight, I thought I did 852, but I looked at the results and it was 851. Okay. So I think I looked at my results and mine was eight forty nine fifty nine. This leads on to Athlinks and I've got to give us both a bit of a pat on the back here. So Athlinks.com I'm, I'm willing to hear this. I, I was thinking to myself, um, what was my time and where did I finish? And I, c- I can't even remember what year it was. I, I, I it was two thousand eight, wasn't it? It was two thousand eight. Yeah. But going to find the two thousand eight results on for Rote was gonna prove too hard for me. You just go straight to Athlinks.com you can filter your workouts, uh, you filter your results by um, distance, and I can go straight on there and find all my Ironman times all stacked up next to each other. So I did 8.51.30. Um, swim, I had an amazing swim that day. So 48.52, I was uh, 10th, uh, 13th overall out of the swim. Um, did, did you know you were having an amazing swim? Uh, I, didn't, I, th- I was swimming really easy, going, this is really easy, and I kind of looked up, and there was nobody really in front. You kind of you looked up, and I was going, "It's just Pete Jacob." I could see one person up. So I think it was Pete Jacob. So you were leading this one. I was was with the the, the, the first first group. Um, now biked only biked five five uh, no, four fifty nine and ran three hours and eighteen seconds. 
Let's see if I can improve that by 18, th 18 seconds. That gave me an um, overall place of 27th. So you get 8.51 and you only get 27th wow. over and wrote. It was a very slow year the year we did it. So um, see, I swam at 53, so I'm just pulling up my athletics results here. And I had a great swim because I was mm. never a 54, 53 minute swimmer. I was always like a 56 to you know, 60 minute swimmer. And I managed to get in a really good pack. I remember I was with Yvonne yeah. and, and I was swimming along. And it just felt like an Ironman swim, but then when I got out of the water, I was like, holy crap, I've never swum that well. Mm. And then my transition took me two and a half minutes because <laughs> my top. Um, what I cannot believe, and we've mentioned this before, so how many people race for us? About 3,000, I think. Yep. So I had the third fastest T2. Oh, two, and two, two, two and a half, basically. Yeah, two, yep. two and a half. Yep. I had the third fastest T2, and you had the first fastest yeah. T2, which is mind-blowing. Yeah, really I don't recall it? putting a big effort in that, into that second transition. And um, and we didn't have a comp if we'd had a competition, I'd see you could do it. Then I, I'd understand this. No, it was after the fact, wasn't it? Because I remember getting emails. Oh my god, you won transition. I was like, yeah. well, who cares when you didn't get your sub nine? So, <laughs> so crazy. So we're going to have to. I'm going to have to see if I can match that this year and make that a little bit of an objective. And we'll have we'll have little inter camp competitions uh, going on. And so there will be a prize for whoever can get win, the fastest. If you can win transition, T two or and T one. Fifty four seconds. I remember. I remember Alvin Cooney. Is it? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was in transition. I think he was helping out. I don't think he was racing. Mm -hmm. And he just goes to me, John's just up the road. You, yeah, I know. But I didn't really, I wasn't chasing you on the run. I remember seeing you when we yeah. went through that first loop. Yeah. And you're a little bit here, but I was like, no, nah, just have your own race. And I, 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 I was thinking, I'm letting him catch me. <laughs> oh, really? So I wasn't really concerned about that. I just wanted to get my sub nine. That was, a, that was what was the most frustrating thing about that not getting my sub nine was I raced the smartest race. Mm. Like I really did. I didn't do anything stupid. I had a comfortable swim. I probably rode a bit slow. Actually, you know, 4.55 on that course for where I was at for my biking at that time, I probably should have gone a little bit quicker. Um, that would have been, you know, I probably could have easily done a 4.50 and not been blown out. Mm. And then the run, first half of the run, I can't remember exactly what I did, but I was sitting on, I think I was sitting on a sub three in the first half of the run and I felt mm. good. And then my legs went, I was like, you son of a gun. <laughs> and then I thought, but in saying that, I gave it everything. Like I couldn't have gone any harder. In your defence, um, the times that year, eight oh nine, Patrick Verne, Pete Jacobs, yeah, only eight twelve. Yeah, it was a slow day. Tuvalu and Bali, eight sixteen. But it was for the guys. But then the girls set a new bloody world record because I was running with uh, Yvonne Van Luken at the start, and, and she went uh, eight forty five, which at the time was uh, the yeah. new fastest time uh, ever. It only lasted like a week, didn't it? Because then the girl in Austria beat it the next week. I think it was the other way around. I think okay. Austria was the week before, and then these girls broke it, but nobody really recognised it because WTC got their heads out their asses when it comes to world record times. This is what I love about athletes. So if we look at athletes, this is the for athletes, by the way. Okay, so John Newsom was racing, Mark Tinkner was racing, Ross Muir, remember mm -hmm. Ross Muir? Mm -hmm. Nick Rose, mm -hmm. Stuart Dunn, Sean the Porno Barnes, Des oh. Atkinson, Chris Dunn, you know, just lots of listeners. Uh, Reed Keisler? Glenn Russell, what's Glenn Russell up to nowadays? Yeah. You know, and just, you know, you can go on and check out, oh, you know, all these people. So honestly, it is, you know, if I need a result for either myself or one of my athletes, I basically just go straight to Athlinks and uh, job's done. Good times. Okay, guys, it's uh, John's ad for Athlinks, uh, Jumbo. We've got no questions and answers. No. I figured you did do a bit of Olympic talk, but you you decided to bring the Olympic talk. Well, in, I have to uh, say right now, what's happening on the Olympics on. is handball. Have you watched any handball? I haven't watched it. I've watched it in the past, but uh, it's a pretty cool game. Uh, France, are, France are good at handball. It's a big sport in Europe, isn't it? Big, it's bigish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 it's it's not football or anything like that. But it's no. Uh, it's, what it's would it be as big as rugby? 
I've been bigger than rugby in a lot of countries. France is France is big on rugby, but a lot of other countries. Uh, tell you what's a brutal sport, and I used to play it is water polo. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Mate, it's just how long did you play for? I was just at school for a couple of years, just because you swimmer, you just kind of get put on the water polo team as well. But um, I, the thing I wouldn't like about it is you kind of people are trying to drown you all the time. Oh, it's brutal. Do people die doing water polo? <laughs> die. Well, no, because like, you see them like, pushing each other you, into the water. You come out with scratches all over your back and stuff like that, and, and you just kind of. I remember one guy used to have this special pair of water polo togs. It was kind of a, it was like a rubber pair of togs that he'd wear over his standard speedos, and that way you couldn't pull your togs down and stuff. Oh, people would trade you today. Yeah. <laughs> Wangers out everywhere. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, so, how long did you play for? Oh, two or three years. Were you any good? Well, I was okay because I was a swimmer. You just out swim everybody. Oh, really? Um, but I'm not the most skillful person, but I could. I could you get around. smashed in the face often? You do, and you get chlorine, <laughs> chlorine eyes because you know you haven't got goggles and you're in really chlorinated water. Oh, you have goggles. Um, so yeah, no, you would not want to wear goggles. Not sound like fun at all. It's a great sport though. I was thinking this yesterday. This is bugging the gym because you know, there's two questions. If if you could win the Olympic gold other than in triathlon, mm. what would you choose? Um, Fifteen hundred meter. Really? Race. That'd be yeah. that'd be the one you'd want to own. I think the fastest sprinter would be pretty cool. I mean, they'd be pretty cool, but I think. The yeah. fastest man in the world. You, you don't really, there's not a lot of, tact, there's no tactics and stuff around the 100 metres. No, it's just, just get up and go, whereas 1500, you know, it's a bit, bit more tactics to it. I love if Nick Williams could do well, but, um, but, okay, but, here we go. John Newsom decides. always a but. He wants to go to the Olympics. You have a dream of getting to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you know, what sport do you think you have the best chance of starting now and getting into the Olympics? Rowing. Rowing? <laughs> You're short. Sorry? You're not a rower's are eight foot tall. Oh, gun. There might still be a lightweight one, I'm not sure. You, um, you've got to think like equestrian or shooting or something like that. If you want to watch paint dry, go and watch the dressage. <laughs> oh my God. I was just watching the highlights yesterday because it was on our one hour Kiwi highlights. So I was like, please hurry up. I can't fast forward. I don't want to watch this. Two minutes it's and if I Yeah, that's a funny sport, that dressage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. So, what would you choose? Like realistically, I, I think shooting. Yeah. Yep. Sure, you know, yeah. Something. Felicity said to me, "It's not a sport. They're not puffing." Oh really? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but we did get our first medal. Yeah, we got silver, and she was mm. unexpected too, wasn't she? Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's too early in the Olympics to give other countries crap. Well, the, the Aussies want the the medal table to stop as of yesterday because they're on top of the medal yeah, table. Good on them too. Good on yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. But that you are the whingers of the Olympics. They've just been whinging about everything. They've been a bit whingy, haven't they? Yeah, granted, you're having a bit of bad luck, but uh, yeah. yeah, whinging Australians. Yeah, yeah, buddy Australians. Buddy <laughs> <laughs> Aussies. Even the Warriors. Go the Warriors. Yeah, it's a good weekend for sport. Okay. We don't need to pad any longer, Bevan. We're going. We're going good. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's your goss? It's coming up. Uh, what's my oh, wait, sponsors? Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your buffer. And we've got a few nicknames to do here. Okay. Oh, I, I, I haven't got the show notes Okay. Here. That's okay. Um, righty-ho. I've got one. Adrian Berry. Projectile. Why? Because he's... Like he's pre- spew. Yes. Well, that's where it came oh, okay, from. Okay. There you go. He's got a bit of a reputation as being... Oh, chucker. He's a, a, bit of a, a bit of a chucker in some of the races. Some of them have been a bit projectile. But he seems to be able to keep going. He was like, vomit. And uh, he manages to keep going. He does slow down a bit, but sort of can do that is where mid, it's gold, running, it? where you just keep running and you and you vomit. But it also, you know, projectile. He moves really fast. Oh, of course, you know, he's, yeah. he's going. You can fast. use it, any definition you want there. Okay, yeah. who's next? Go, go, if you go on to our um, go on to I am talk dot me. 
and then go on to our Meet the Patrons page. Okay, and um, so. I, I, sometimes I just pick nicknames, first impression of what I see of people. Okay. And so my next one, if you go down and go onto the second page of the pictures. So one thing, guys, if you become a patron, you, you get your picture on our website. You've got to send it in. Lots of people haven't sent them in yet. Oh, they're missing out. Um, okay, page number two. Yep. And Mark Royden. Go, go check out How, Mark how do I know which one? Do you uh, have, how go, far down is Mark Royden? He's right at the bottom. Right at the bottom. Chris Doherty, Martin White. Mark Royden, he's clapping his hands as he's running along. Yeah. I'm 56-year-old from London. Your shows have got me through training for eight Ironmans. I did Norseman and Lanzagrotti in the same year, which is probably my biggest challenge. Wow. I'm pushing off to circumvent the globe by cycle in September. That's incredible. So I plan to listen to your podcast traveling through 21 countries en route. I'm raising money for a great cancer charity in the UK called, um, well, there's a link. I'll put a link to it in this week's show notes. Still needs some work. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. We haven't done that one in years, have we? No. Wow. So Mark Rodden, just his picture, when I first saw that, I thought he looks a little bit like Tom Selleck. Just vaguely. From the side? Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't just, know how you pull that Just one vaguely. Off. Guys, you've got to see this photo. Go and check it out because you can't. It's just like from behind. <laughs> I don't know. You I can't just, even see I just saw him. Tom's out. So he's Magnum. <laughs> you can't even see if he's got a moustache. I don't know. I just saw Magnum. So Mark Magnum Royden. Oh, yeah. It's a good nickname. Guys, you're where you get the Tom Selleck from. And you've got to come up with one there for... Um, I, don't, I don't have the names. No, go back Go back to that page with all the pictures. Okay. Chris Doherty picture there he's oh he's he's, he's bloody oh you gotta say maverick or something don't you but that's too obvious that's too obvious we can't go down that path he's, he's basically chris already works for the royal air force plenty of hours spending in operations back in tornado wait a second i've got to pull out the page a little bit bigger here uh back of a tornado gr4 mm. like a g6 like like a G- okay um i'm gonna say the smiling assassin <laughs> Haven't we already had that? Have we? Yeah, Belinda said that to me the other day. So are you, are you repeating some of these nicknames? Never, John. Never. Yeah. Oh, that's he's pretty got good. A, he's got a couple of kids. Um, it's got to be something about flying. Okay. Jetstream. Jetstream. Yeah. Okay. Jetstream. Because, you know, when he rides his bike, there's a... Jetstream behind him. That's got to be the biggest buzz, doesn't it? Yep. Dr- flying one of those planes. I don't know, but it must be. I'm Just sure imagine, be. imagine... And he's going off to do some study in nutrition next year. Oh, I know another guy who's doing that. Mm. Legends. As I said to him, it's bloody Chris Doherty, he's a country singer called Chris Doherty. Really? We could he's call Doherty. Oh, Doherty, sorry. Mm. Um, he looks pretty happy in his, in his plane. He's even got, the thing I like, he's got some little, I think the, the picture he must be doing for his kids because mm. he's got some little little teddy bears mm. in his picture. He's Martin a level Wait. two triathlon coach. Martin Waite, do you ever think about this one as I read this? This is, uh, this is pretty tough. Uh, Martin Waite, I live in Salford on the southeast of England and I'm currently in year seven of the John Newsom three-year training plan. It's still going. <laughs> nice. um, it's a commitment. I've had a couple of readouts on the show over the years. The first one, I got rubbished by John in a discussion of the week. <laughs> and the second one, I discovered that John wasn't following his 50 choose regime where he used to say, yeah, just chew your food 50 times. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, probably. What's the logic behind that? Well, uh, on both occasions, oh, no, one of our lecturers last week was saying she went out to the, the sewage ponds the other or not the other day but and she went out there and, and and they had this massive container where they sift, sift out all the corn um, from the oh, sewage because if you don't chew your corn you don't process it the skins and stuff and they had this big thing with all the seagulls eating the so corn. I did an interview with a guy years ago who wrote um, The End of Overeating which is a very interesting book 
her saying food companies, I think it's like 15 chew, I can't remember exactly, but like the perfect amount of chews for, mm. for, associate, for people to love food. It's mm. like 15 or something. So these food companies design food so you have the perfect amount of chews. So basically, how do we make food more addictive to our people? Pretty mm. fascinating. Anyway, on both occasions, my running picked up for a good half a mile or so. I first listened in 2009 after and after initial ticker issues, so hard issues, which resolved itself pretty quickly. I was set to get an Ironman in before I turned 40, which would have been 2012. Life had other plans, however, and my daughter was diagnosed with a rare cancer and we tightened our family oh no. ranks for five years. I Am Talk was a therapy of sorts. Familiar voices making me laugh and keeping me dreaming. My daughter dreamed too, and she completed... Um, and she completed the Scottathlon, which I assume is a kids triathlon, in 2013 with her younger sister in tow. Cool. We had great support from the triathlon community, in particular Team Inspiration and Chrissy Wellington, no less. Um, my daughter's great loves were swimming, biking and running. She would have loved to do a real triathlon and see me one too. Sadly, in 2015, at the age of nine, she died before oh. she had the chance. In 2016, I finally managed to get to the start line of Ironman Staffordshire 70.3 uh, with the help of Team Inspiration. Next year, I hope to take it further, raising money for those who helped along the way. We set up an appeal for our daughter um, in our daughter's name and have managed to sponsor a PhD student to research a cure for the disease wow, that took her too soon. It's a really cool thing to, oh, to help a PhD student. But also, yeah, like because you're creating someone's legacy of work that's going to exactly. help the area. Yeah, great idea. So the, um, if you want to support this um, cause that Martin was involved with, uh, teaminspiration.org, and then his website where they're raising money to look into this disease in more detail, alanrose.co.uk. So it's E-L-I-N rose.co.uk. So Martin... Bloody legendary effort um, yeah, in terms of lot, getting back. Like you're a pretty um, impressive person and lots of loving people around you. Mm. Oh man, that's that's full on. Mm. Um, anyone else, Jumbo? Oh, we've got to get a nickname oh, for nickname. Martin. He's, his picture, it's an interesting picture. If you look at him, he's, he's got a green t-shirt on there with, I've got it. Um, I don't know if we've used this one or not. <laughs> we'll make an extension of he's it. He's got those um, green and yellow stripy socks um, and that's kind of looks like, where, where's Wally? You remember the where's yeah, Wally looks? Finding yeah. Wally? Yeah. So we'll call you Wally. Wally Wait? Wally Wait. <laughs> there you go. Do you think he's going to like Wally? <laughs> <laughs> Wally Wait. Okay, I'm sorry, Martin. Martin, we've, we've come up with some shockers and yours is going to be in there. It's not as bad. Unfortunately, the, the shockers John, John stays strong with, I'm always wanting D to compromise. DP and, DP, and, yeah. and so on. DP. Sean Green, the light says go. I mean, what kind of nickname is that for you? I mean, that was one of yours. Don't <laughs> get mine shit all the time. <laughs> How now, brown cow, how dolphin? <laughs> oh, i tell you what. The patrons are legends, guys. If you're a patron of the show, we really appreciate the support you give to us. It really does make a difference. And uh, if you want to become a patron, you go to www.imtalk.me. John, what's your goss? What's my goss? Did you watch the rugby final? I did not watch the rugby final. Oh, was I was out, out for dinner with the, the family. Um, Where'd you go? We went to Tarantonic. Really yeah, good. Yeah. Dessert. <sighs> oh, really? Do you dessert. do dessert, do you? Do I what? Do you uh, always do dessert when you go out for dinner? Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I don't, but oh. I do like a dessert. Got to get yourself a creme brulee whenever you go out. Uh, what's with goss? Getting stuck into the training, getting stuck into the study. Going away fishing this week for with some, some so, mates. So where, where are you going fishing? We're going up to this is an annual Dur thing. Durville Island. They kind of go on a f an annual sort of, I'm going to be the pleb on this trip because they, they do some diving and, and fishing as well. Yep. And I've got my paddy, but I've really done a couple of tropical dives and that's about the extent of it. So I don't know if I'll have a dive or not, but my one of my best mates' wife, who I also went to primary school with, um, her dad has got this 
big launch sort of thing. And so oh, we'll go nice. out around du- Duval Island and stuff, which is top of the Island? Top, it's in the Marlborough Sounds. Okay. Yep. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But I am torn because... The Olympics are on, John. The Olympics are on, and I'm just... I'm not busy, but I've got a fair amount on at the moment, and I've got to prioritise well, I know things. a guy who hates the word busy, so... The word does not exist in my vocabulary, and... It's just a matter of fitting everything in a week into three days plus throwing in the Olympics in there and the study and stuff. So it's um, a bit of a challenge, but it's going to be good When times. does your study finish for the year? Um, Mid-November. And then you get like two months off, three months off, don't you? Mm. Mm. Student life is pretty cruisy for full-time students. Yeah, I reckon, eh? Mm. Hey. Mm. Other than that, Bevan, life is good. Are you, are you, are you good at fishing? Um, we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, big, fishy, fishy, fishy. I'm not yeah, a big fisherman. Like we go camping every year. We go to Glendale with the porno and the crew, and the boys, the boys will go. Oh, okay, we're going to get up early tomorrow morning and go fishing. Mm. And I'm always like, I can't wait to stay in Redlandbrook. Yeah, <laughs> fishing's not really. I, I, it's kind of cool just hanging out with the boys, but uh, it's not my thing. Mm. My dad got me a fishing rod when I was a kid. It's always present over. But we should get some crayfish and all that. We get some good stuff. stuff yeah, and you cook it on the boat and stuff. So that'd be pretty quite, cool. Yeah, should be good times. Yeah, Even what's happening about. in your world. Jombo, my world is all about the Olympics. Yesterday, mm. I mean, it's six hours. Nice. Today, I've already done what we're in the background of today's show, and I, watched, I got up at four o'clock this morning to watch it. So I'm just going, I'm, 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 life is on back burner it's, right it's now. It's great timing for, for, for in New Zealand to watch the Olympics, so especially if you're a morning person. Yeah. You know, the finals and stuff are in, in an hour, sort of mid morning, and, and sort of goes through. We're about lucky midday. as well because we have the ability to be able to kind of watch it while we're working. Mm. You know, so I, yesterday I was working, but it was just kind of sitting in the background. Yeah. So, so I'm loving the Olympics which is very good um, other than that John I think I might sign up for a marathon I'm mm-hmm. kind of in two minds um, I've got, I'm going, just been running a little bit so that might be mm-hmm. exciting so tell you what strength training is so good for you it is but it's still nice to be out there doing swimming biking running no, gym but, sucks well, well that's your, your experience <laughs> of it but the last three months since for the last four months I've done strength training three days three days a week mm. Only 30, 40 minutes, you know, not, mm. not, and, and I wouldn't say I'm that hardcore, but I've just stuck at it, you know, and I've been really disciplined. I thought the only goal was I want to get strong through my winter period. My body's like, you know, me, I always kind of get niggles, mm. you know, I had no niggles in the last three or four months. Um, I'm, I've been out running just a few times and I just feel so strong. And mm. like, there's no intensity or anything, I'm just kind of building, but just that laying that strength foundation work is such an important, and I always do like teach pump classes and stuff, so I'm always kind of pretty strong for mm. in comparison to average show. But just that kind of specific strength training, really valuable. Mm. I, yeah. I absolutely see the value in it. I just, I'd rather go come for a ride. I'd rather go for a training buddy. Bike. You know, give me a free Les Mills gym membership. I'll, uh, I'll come along. Nobody. I had to get tried to get my daughter a free membership. They wouldn't even give me one. So you're just not important enough to no, them. No, you mean nothing to them. I know. I know my place. I know my place. Okay, Jumbo. Remember, guys, we've got a Legends podcast coming out this weekend. We're about to go off and do an interview with Jan Wanklin, and uh, she was one of those legendary females in the early days of our sport. So, looking forward to doing that and uh, check it out. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kick, Kick hard. hard.